Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chess Study Podcast. It's been a long time since I made another chess-specific podcast, and I'm just going to do a quick one here today. Now, I just want to say thank you for all the people who have found this podcast and follow it. Uh, I'm really going to focus more on making online chess content in going into 2022. Um, I have a YouTube channel, Chess Diagnostic, um, but also I started this chess study podcast because people requested it. And, you know, at first I thought it's going to be hard to just you know, talk about chess, which is a very visual format, uh, talking about it. But I really do think uh, I've written down a lot of ideas that I want to go through. I really do think that there can be a lot of value uh, just talking about chess study. And this podcast is going to be a little different than anything else out there because a lot of chess podcasts is basically interviewing, like, you know, top players, asking them, you know, how their life is or what they think about this. But this podcast specifically is going to be about all about uh, basically getting better at chess and every aspect of that. Now, I do hope eventually uh, I'm working on it right now to try to get some interviews with top players and strong players. Uh, and it's going to be a little different than just asking them about how their life is and what they think about, you know, this chess thing or the chess world. Um, it's really going to be, you know, diving into asking them, you know, what they think is the most important idea in chess, how they really reached certain levels or how they noticed that their chess thought process uh, changed as they reached different levels. It's going to be fascinating, I think. Now, uh, this specific podcast today uh, is just kind of a, a little bit of a joke, but I do want to talk about it. Um, I went on r slash anarchy chess on Reddit, and it's somebody posted, uh, I quit my job to study chess for seven years and lost to a 1500 player. All right, so this guy quit his job, or girl, whoever it is, uh, to study chess for seven years, and they still lost to a 1500 player. Now, this is probably a joke, but, you know, knowing the chess world, it might not be a joke, because I've known people who literally, there's a guy in Portland, Oregon, I'm not going to say his name, uh, but he spent basically his whole life since graduated high school and lived with his mom, lived in her basement. Uh, basically, every single day he was at the at the chess uh, the chess club. He didn't even own a computer, but he would go to the chess club and they had a computer and he would play blitz for hours uh, in between tournaments that would show up at the club. Now, of course, the guy became pretty good. He became a FIDE master. And, you know, that's that's good to see. But at the same time, that level is is good enough for maybe, you know, four or five hundred bucks uh, a month at local tournaments. Now, he could have taught. He didn't want to teach, though. And that's also common in a lot of chess players. Uh, you know, they don't really want to sit there and explain all their hard won knowledge because it can be frustrating. You really want to practice it on your opponents and crush them. Now, I want to talk about how this guy or girl again, uh, if they quit their job to study chess for seven years and lost to a 1500. So what do I think that they were doing wrong? Okay, so let's see. They they said, um, I envy the guy for having the guts and financial resources to do this, but I find it hard to not think of it as a waste of a lifetime. 200 uh, training hours in seven months. Okay, so first off, this guy wasn't spending enough hours. Now, 
a key thing in chess studying and chess training is repetition. And that's really what I found is the problem for me teaching specific students is that you get this student, maybe they're 1200, maybe they're 1500, maybe they're even 1800. And you tell them a specific thing like tactics or openings. And then, you know, then they study it and they say, oh, I studied it for a month and I still lost. Well, just because you went over it doesn't mean you know the knowledge. Now, it's it it really has to be on the tip of your tongue, on the tip of your fingers. It needs to be a reflex. And that's what you see with all these players who get really good is chess becomes a reflex. Uh, it bypasses that part where you're consciously thinking about it. And it's hard to tell somebody to study that way because either they're going to do it or not. Now, this guy probably shouldn't uh, have quit his job. Uh, but, you know, if they if you're going to quit your job to study chess, I would suggest that you do that maybe by teaching uh, kids or teaching a beginner level. Because if you do that, then you really will have, you know, you'll still be in the chess world, you know, kind of involved in talking about chess. Uh, but at least you can make some money, you know, just in an, in another way if you really need to do that. So this person said that they lost to a 1500. Now, the 1500 level is a problem for a lot of adult players. And I would say it's the level that kids can get to basically with no effort if they just play. Um, now, for me, I, I got to 1500 within about eight months from beginner to 1500. And I did that through obsession. And I was rather young. I was around 14 uh, when I started, I think. Now, 1500 is a is a barrier for a lot of people because it it's where you really kind of have to get that's when you really have to start getting chess into your fingertips and into your into your tongue, as I say, uh, where you, you know, for example, E4, E5, uh, you know, knight to F3, knight to C6. If you can visualize that and you know that you're going either towards the Gyoko piano or maybe to the Ray Lopez, um, that's when you see 1500 players and it's much lower than than I thought it would be where you see them, they start to know some theory. Uh, they start to understand the concepts. Now, if we compare a 1500 player to a 2000 player, why is it so hard for uh, a 1500 to even comprehend a 2000 player's moves? Now, a lot of this comes to an even deeper understanding of uh well, I guess you could say theory, but it's 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 it goes beyond that. It's more a two thousand player is going to have the all the all the previous knowledge, but they're going to be able to they're going to be able to apply that um, in a way that is confusing to a fifteen hundred player. Is what I'd say. Now that that was my experience when I was fifteen hundred. I didn't really understand why I was losing to an eighteen hundred two thousand. <laughs> you know, maybe it was my ego, but I was saying. You know, these people, they're not better than me. Why are they beating me? I, I keep, I make some dumb mistake, you know, some simple error, and then the game's over. Now, if you study chess for seven years and you're still losing to 1500s, what is going wrong in your study methods? Now, the main thing that's going wrong is probably, I would say, a lack of repetition. And this is combined, this is why long games are recommended to improve the most, um, because the, 
as ironic as it sounds playing a long game, you're playing one game over six hours. Somebody might say, you know, well, if I played Blitz, I would get a lot more repetition. But actually, that's not necessarily true um, because you're just repeating mistakes. And the repetition has to be combined with an overall increase of understanding. So let's say... I'll give an example. Let's say you study the Roy Lopez. Um, you maybe spend 20 minutes looking at a line. All right, then you go and you play a 15 minute game. All right, so then you're repeating that line in a game. Then you turn around and then maybe you play a blitz game. Okay, and then you say, oh, okay, I remember this line from, from reading about it and then I played a longer game. This is the exact repetition I'm talking about. So it can't just be mindlessly uh, mindlessly playing a blitz game over and over and really not thinking about it. Now, this is, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell talks about that in the 10,000 hours theory where, you know, you got to repeat things and then you have to have perfect practice. Now, it doesn't have to be some contrived thing, but it you find that all the all the players who, who get consistent results in improving um, over time, now, of course, there. I would definitely say that there definitely is a lot of talent in this, um, but you know, you can you can keep improving consistently. If you're not improving consistently, then uh, basically you're not doing the right kind of repetition, or you're not even repeating things at all. You're just making mistakes, and you're not even learning uh, why it happened. All right, so I feel bad for this guy. He quit his job uh, to study chess for seven years and lost to a fifteen hundred, um, but. There's many things you can do to prevent that. Thanks for watching, or I guess I should say thanks for listening. I'm so used to saying that when I'm talking about chess. All right, so I'm going to be doing more chess study podcast episodes. I just wanted to get this one out here just to get back in the swing of things. Uh, thanks for listening and follow along uh, for more chess content. Also, you can always head over to my YouTube channel, Chess Diagnostic, uh, and leave a comment uh, or send me a message. You can find the links there. If you have any specific ideas for this chess study podcast, um, again, I'm trying to set up interviews, uh, but it seems uh, nobody has responded yet, but I've sent out about 10 uh, requests, so we'll see how those go. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to also do a visualization series uh, and, you know, I don't know how that'll go because, of course, you need to be at a certain level to, for example, uh, you know, if I say, if I talk about learning the squares on the board, you know, kind of as a quiz, I'll do a podcast on that. And then maybe the night routes, you know, how how do you get your night from A1 to, you know, uh, B2, and for example, uh, you know, that does require a lot of visualization. Um, I can do it right now in my head. Um, but, of course, it gets fuzzy because I'm not a super GM at this point. <laughs> or ever or uh, in any point so all right so hopefully i can talk to some super gms on this podcast um or even just you know fms or ims uh, if anybody's interested you know hit me up uh, the email is uh, your lips are blue at gmail.com y-e-r lips are blue at gmail.com thanks for listening and i will see you in the future